Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. We had a really awesome conference with Pastor Isaac. Amen. If you were there, raise your hand. You were at Pastor Isaac's conference. That's good. That's good. Um, if you weren't there, you really missed out. You missed out a lot. Pastor Isaac shared a lot of things and different perspectives on many scriptures. Amen. And I'm sure those who went really received a lot. Conferences like those refresh us in our mission and our vision. The mission and the vision that God has given us. That God has given Grace Life. But it's not Grace Life's vision and mission. It is God's vision and mission. Amen. Because our vision and mission is based on Scripture. Amen. And it's also a very good, good reminder that if you were there, if you saw all those people, wow. eh, that we don't have to do this alone. Come on. We don't have to go to the ends of the earth for love alone. Amen. We go as a family. Yes. Amen. Yes. And it's so awesome to have you guys. I really value each and every person that is here this morning. Because without you, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to reach the world. Amen? Amen. We wouldn't be here. But the core of what Pastor Isaac shared was extremely important. What was the core message of the conference? To me, it was that because we are sons of God, we also have a purpose and a calling. Because we are children of God, sons and daughters of God, we have a purpose and we have a calling. Amen? We need to realize that. That calling is what? is to preach the gospel and to make disciples. That is what we are here for. That is what we are here for on this earth. What we are going to look at today is our purpose. The word purpose, okay? Many Christians do not realize this today. They don't know that they have a purpose. And that is why there's still so, so much work to be done in the world. Amen? The world is dark and the world is desperate. Amen. Let me tell you that the world is very hungry, yeah. very desperate to know God. Mm. Not the religious God that says you must do this, do that. The true God, Amen. Jesus, Amen. Amen. that says it is by your faith alone that you are saved. That is the God, the good God that we need to show the world. Amen. Amen. But as I was meditating on this, I just realized that our calling and our purpose is something that is completely foreign to many, many believers. It, is, it doesn't even occur to them. It doesn't even enter their minds that this is what we are talking about, that we have a purpose and a mission. Many think they are, they are just saved to avoid hell, saved to live a nice life here on earth. That's not what it's about. It's about eternity. Eternity is forever. About what is after this life. Amen? Amen. Many people don't realize that they, they have a purpose and a calling when they believe. 
and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here because you all know this, but I promise you there are churches, there are churches that they don't know this. They don't know this. It's shocking. It's shocking, but it truly is the truth. There are many, many believers who don't know that they have a purpose and a calling. And there are even fewer who take up that vision, who take up that calling and actually do something with it. Amen. Amen. I'm sh- um, yeah. So, one of, one of the things that happens is people get bored. No? Many Christians are aimless. They are bored. Nothing in life gets them excited. They are frustrated. They get depressed. We get suicidal thoughts. We are lonely. We are unfulfilled. They are not satisfied with anything. They feel empty. Like life has no meaning. No? I'm sure you have felt some of these feelings at, at one point or another in your life. Or you might be struggling with some of those feelings right now. I think the cause of these feelings can be many things, including your circumstances and also what you focus on in life. But those are all symptoms of an underlying issue. The issue that causes these negative feelings in all of us is simply, I think, a lack of identity. You don't know who you are as a child of God and you lack purpose. The purpose that comes with that identity. All of those things. Depression. Loneliness. Um, unfulfilled. Um, being unfulfilled. Feeling empty. Bored. All of that is, is because we have a lack of purpose. We don't know what we are here for in this life. What is purpose? Why is it necessary? How can we find it? I looked in a dictionary the Oxford Dictionary on the internet. (laughs) It says, the reason for which something is created. That is the definition in the dictionary of what the word purpose means. Okay, The reason for which something is created. It is a goal, an intention. Purpose drives us to to accomplish something. It helps define who we are and give us the boundaries we need to direct our lives. Without purpose, we can wander aimlessly and struggle with feeling unfulfilled. Living in our purpose brings fulfillment, joy, contentment, adventure, and even companionship. I think Pastor Etienne from Tigerberg once asked a question, or made the statement that if you are bored as a Christian, if you are bored as a Christian, it's only your own fault. Come on, come on. Because Christianity isn't boring. Christianity isn't boring. Christianity is an adventure. Life with God should be an adventure. Amen. And you will experience that. You will experience that if you go for your purpose. If you go for that. Amen. It even brings companionship. How can all of, all of this be true? How can having purpose in life bring so much good? How can it be the answer to my problems? 
let's consider the definition of purpose once again. Eh? The reason for which something is created. So the first thing about that definition is the word created for me. It stood out. For the reason for which something was created. Okay. When a carpenter builds something, no? you know what a carpenter is? A woodworker or a screenwerker. Carpenter, a woodworker. When he builds something, he does so with a specific purpose in mind. No? Why else would he make anything? If he builds a chair, the purpose of the chair is to be sit on. No? If you build a pulpit like this, the purpose is what I'm doing right now with it. I'm using it to preach. Eh? If he makes a walking stick, a cane, what is the purpose of the cane? In order to? To walk. Eh? So, um, we need to acknowledge that the purpose of anything, the purpose of anything, is determined by who? The creator, yes. The one who creates something, gives that thing its purpose. Eh? Now, if chairs had feelings, if chairs had feelings, eh? when do you think it will feel most fulfilled, most happy? When you sit on it. Eh? That is when a chair is at its happiest. When is this pulpit happy? Is when someone is preaching behind it. Eh? Why? Why? Why would that make it happy and fulfilled? Because that is what it was created for. Yes, it's fulfilling its purpose. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 verse 10. You can open up for me there. God is amazing, huh? The way He created us. God created us in a way that we, yeah, we are incomplete. We are incomplete without Jesus. Amen. We are incomplete without His Spirit. He created us to be dependent on Him. We are not complete. We are not, I almost want to say we are nothing without Him. Huh? We are nothing without Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. I don't know which which, uh, which uh, accent you want to use. Whether you want to be American. Masterpiece. Or masterpiece is a more British accent. For we are Christ's masterpiece. He has created us anew. In Christ Jesus, you are new. Amen. Amen. The old has gone, the new has come. come on. Amen. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So, why did He create us? Listen carefully. Why did He create us anew in Christ Jesus? It's very cool because the scripture says it right there. So, we can do the good things He planned for us. Long ago. That is our purpose. To do the good things that God has planned for us long ago. So your creator gives you your purpose. And living in that purpose will radically change your life. 
It will radically change your life. The second thing about the definition of purpose is the word reason. Reason also means meaning. Okay? We often hear the question, what is the meaning of life? What gives our existence meaning or significance? If we do not know our purpose or our meaning in life, life will be meaningless. <laughs> Makes sense, no? If you don't know your meaning, life will be meaningless. And we might become very depressed or even suicidal when life's pressures start mounting. No? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do, you, why do you want to keep on living? I want you guys to ask yourselves this question. Why do you want to get up tomorrow morning? Many times when I ask people how's it going, then they, they say, uh, No, God is good. He raised me up this morning. I woke up thanks to God. But why do you want to wake up in the morning? Why do you want to be alive tomorrow morning? This is a question that Pastor Isaac asked at the conference as well. Is it to go to work again? What will that accomplish? You will get money. Okay, what do you do with your money? You buy food eh? to live. And then as you live, you go to work again. <laughs> so what is your purpose? Eh? Ask yourself. Is it to have another meal? Is it to, I don't know, Watch, a, watch another soapy. Huh? What is your meaning? What is your, your reason for getting out of the bed in the morning? Let's look at what Paul said. The Apostle Paul. In Philippians 1 verse 21. Philippians 1 verse 21. Is the reason you get up in the morning, does that fill you? Are you happy? Do you feel like life is full? Life is adventurous. Life is fun. Are you joyful? <coughs> huh? <laughs> Philippians 1 verse 21. For to me, this is Paul speaking. Amen. For to me, living means living for Christ. There's the answer, no? And dying is even better. Verse 22. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Your radical words, eh? Amen. Paul had an eternal perspective. Amen. Eternal perspective. What does that mean? What does that mean to have an eternal perspective? You are not focusing on this life only. Eternal is talking about forever. Yeah? It, things that last forever. Paul's focus was on not the here and now only, but 
on, on the future, no? on, on eternity. Nothing in this world was more attractive and to be desired than being with Jesus for Paul. That's why he says dying is even better because he wanted to be with Jesus. Okay. Paul's reason to keep on living was to keep on doing what God had planned for him. In this scripture, the reason to do uh, the reason is to do more fruitful work for Christ, which is to help other believers grow and mature in their faith. And we know that maturity is connected with preaching the gospel no? and making disciples as well. So you're not a mature believer if you are not making disciples and if you are not preaching the gospel. Okay, so, but this, is, this was the reason why Paul chose or thought that it would be better to remain in this world. That is why he thought, tomorrow morning I will wake up. Why will I wake up? What do I want to do? I want to fulfill what God sent me to do. Amen? I want to fulfill my purpose. You were created by God to do more than just exist, eat, sleep, work, take up space, and make money. <laughs> you were created for more than that. Amen? Amen. There has to be a bigger reason why we are here. Amen? God's plans for you are plans for a prosperous future filled with hope. He created you for a life of significance and influence. Influence. All of us have people in our lives that only we can influence like no one else can. Amen? Where you walk each week, there is your influence, your area of influence. Now, I can't be where you are tomorrow. Eh? I'm somewhere else influencing other people. Or at least I have the opportunity to influence them. Eh? You have the opportunity to influence people. Discover your destiny and start living a life on purpose. So what is the purpose our Creator has given us? His creation? Let's first consider what it is not. What is it not? Your profession, being a parent, being a good husband or a wife, even what you can do with your talents, that is not your purpose. That is not your purpose in life. Your job is not your purpose in life. Your job is not your purpose in life. Some people study for years to become great things, and it is necessary. Né? We need doctors. <laughs> We need uh, dentists, we need uh, people that, can have, that are skilled operators. No? Because when we don't have enough faith, then they can at least help us. <laughs> Amen? Amen? We need people that study for long times, but that job as a surgeon or a doctor, whatever you can imagine, is not that person's purpose. Your job is not your purpose. Okay, say my job is not my purpose. My job is not my purpose. Amen. All those things that I just mentioned, your job, your, your family, your children, your wife, all of those things can be lost. It can be lost. And because it can be lost, 
that can't be your purpose. Does that make sense? Your purpose is eternal. Your purpose is forever. Amen. And did you also know that your purpose in life is not to be comfortable? Your purpose in life is not to be comfortable. What am I talking about? Being comfortable. Many people believe that the purpose of life is to be comfortable. There are people in this world with so much money, they don't even look at the price tags of things. They just get what they want. They just get, get it if they want it. Yet many of them are still unhappy, still depressed, still frustrated, still unfulfilled. We are not called to be comfortable. The sooner we realize this, the better. Because then you won't be disappointed, no? Because the purposes for which God has called us is not comfortable to the flesh. Talking to strangers about Jesus is many times uncomfortable, no? Traveling and living out of a suitcase like Pastor Shane, he's traveling to Belgium. Traveling to Belgium with his whole family. Yeah. They have to live out of their suitcases. Their clothes in the suitcase. That's uncomfortable. Even, even I moan if I go on vacation. Now I have to live out of my suitcase. It's uncomfortable. Huh? You have to eat what people give you to eat. That's uncomfortable. It sounds very selfish to say that. <laughs> no? But it's to the flesh. It is uncomfortable. Okay. Depending on the love and support and generosity of others can be uncomfortable. <laughs> Moving to another city or country can be uncomfortable. Being persecuted for what you believe is probably the most uncomfortable. To be persecuted, uh, people wanting to kill you for what you believe, that's probably the most un- level, the highest level of uncomfortable you can, you can get. Okay, so Matthew 8 verse 19. Matthew 8 verse 19. Let's see how Jesus lived when he was in this world. Matthew 8 19. Do you think Jesus was comfortable? Did Jesus live in a palace? No. Matthew 8 19 says. Then one of the teachers of religious law said to him, Teacher, he's talking to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests. But the Son of Man, that's Jesus talking about himself, has no place even to lay his head. Wow. Jesus was not a rich man who lived in a palace and rode in a chariot everywhere he went. He and his disciples walked everywhere they went. He had no place to lay his head. That means he did not have his own house. Jesus did not have a house. Uh, He did not own property. He was dependent on others, but he was doing what he came to earth for, living in your purpose will require you to give up some of your comforts. We need to realize that too, no? Yeah. If you want to start living in your purpose, 
You gotta make it out for yourself right now. Settle it in your mind that you are going to have to give up some of your comforts. We need to be ready to do so. Amen? Because living in your purpose is going to provide much more fulfillment, much more joy than having that comfort. We need to shift our focus to the same perspective that Paul had. This life is over in a blink of an eye. It is nothing compared to eternity. We will be comforted in eternity. No? Jesus said in the, I think it's called the Beatitudes, um, those who are comfortless will be comforted. No? I'm paraphrasing. You will be comforted in heaven one day. Don't hold on to your comfort now. Okay. Hebrews 11 verse 24. Hebrews 11 verse 24. Don't hold on and chase after comfort in this life at the cost of not fulfilling your purpose. Hebrews 11 verse 24. says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Fleeting, that means it's there one moment and gone the next. No? The fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer Suffer. <laughs> suffer. Let's say that word. Suffer. For the, for the sake of Christ. Suffer for the sake of Christ. Than to own the treasures of Egypt. All the treasures of Egypt. Could have been Moses. No? You know there was a lot of treasure in Egypt. People break into the pyramids until today. To find the treasures of Egypt. There was riches beyond your imagination. Gold and silver. Moses gave all that up. All the, all the food, all the pleasure of Egypt. He gave it up. Why? And this is what we also need to do. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. He was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. That's awesome. What is that talking about? It's talking about our focus. What we keep our focus on. We need to realize that our purpose is bigger than ourselves. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than your needs. It's bigger than your comfort. It's bigger than you. Now we have a purpose, and we will look at what that is, but first consider this. You need to direct your focus onto that purpose in order to live in it. Okay? Like Moses. He focused on it. Okay? He valued the eternal things more than the temporal, more than what's in this life. You are not going to f uh, fulfill your purpose by accident. Your heart is the driving force of your life. Your heart is the driving force of your life. 
What you focus on will determine your feelings and your desires. What you focus on will determine your feelings and desires. So if you are feeling depressed, maybe you should start focusing on other things. No? If you are in fear all the time that you won't have enough to eat or whatever, then maybe you should start changing your focus. What you focus on can take over your mind and it will affect your behavior. Be careful for what you focus on. Be careful of what, fo- what you focus on. Okay. Ezekiel 36 verse 25. We are not going to fulfill our purpose on accident. We need to go after it. We need to search for it. We need to look at what it is. Study it. What is my purpose? That is what we entertain our minds with. Ezekiel, yes. Ezekiel 36 verse 25. Ezekiel 36 verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. Ezekiel 36 verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. This is an Old Testament prophecy. It's amazing, huh? That even here in in the scriptures it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. It's always been about being one with God. Amen. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Okay. That might sound a little, a little bit uh, legalistic to some. But it's, I'll, I'll explain it to you now. If you are a believer in Christ, you have been made new. And you have been given new purpose. Regardless of what your name and your surname is. Where you grew up. What happened to you in your past. What you think about yourself. Regardless of anything and all else. Mm. Eh? If you are a believer, you have a new heart and a new spirit. This scripture in Ezekiel says that the new spirit in you will cause you to walk in God's statutes. That's in verse 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Okay. It is causing you to walk in a new direction. That is talking about new purpose. To keep God's judgments and statutes in the Hebrew means to uphold His nature. That is, the original language says that to keep His statutes, to uphold His judgments, that means to uphold His nature, His justice, and His name. When we uphold someone's nature... We are representing them. 
Okay. And that is what our ultimate purpose as human beings in this life okay, comes down to. Our purpose is to represent God to a lost and dying world. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Second Corinthians five verse seventeen says, and I like that you also read this verse this morning. So the confirmation, yes, got the right verses in my message. Amen. <laughs> I'm joking. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has become a new person. Do you belong to Christ Jesus? Amen. 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 Then you have become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. Verse 19, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them god is not counting your sins against you amen amen, amen. 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 Thank you, jesus and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation what is the message of reconciliation that he's talking about here Yeah, to be ambassadors of Christ, yes. But what is the message of reconciliation? What is the message that, that repairs the relationship between God and man? Love? I just heard the word now. The gospel, yes, the gospel. The gospel is the message of reconciliation. Amen? So, verse 20... We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Did you know you can speak for God? This says it right here. I'm not saying it. The Bible is saying it. You can speak for God when you say, come back to God. Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's an amazing scripture, huh? And there's a lot that can be said about it. But can you see your purpose in this scripture? When you became a believer, you got a new identity, and your new identity came intertwined. Intertwined. It cannot be separated. Intertwined means it's like, like a a cooker. This inter intergeweef and you as you one point track and come here is and you create the exercise. No, that that is it in English. I don't know what English it is. It's a cook. Okay? Dat is een koek. Dat is gekoekt. Dat is hier die draden. 
Ja, ja, das ist das. Das ist das. Also ich komme da und trage hier auf den Kopf so. Ich hier die Drahne von den Spiegel. Das ist gekocht. Angekocht. Okay, okay. Okay, so that is how your purpose and your identity as a child of God is. It's intertwined. That purpose is being an ambassador, a representative of God. You represent God. Wow. Huh? You represent God. That is so amazing to think about that. To think that I represent God. God considered me worthy of representing Him. He, re he considered you, each one of us here, worthy to represent Him. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, as representatives of God's kingdom, we reconcile other people to God by pleading with them, come back to God. And we do this most effectively when we preach the good news of what Jesus Christ has accomplished through His life, death and resurrection. This passage also shows us that God saved us because He wants to have relationship with us. Okay. When we focus so much on purpose and what we need to do, some might get the wrong idea and say that God just saves us so we can be His workers. That's not what it's about. Ultimately, our purpose is to have relationship with God. That is why God saved us. That is His desire. Why, why would He send more people out to preach the gospel so that more people can come to Him? The reason is to have, because He has a desire for people to have relationship with Him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. The picture that I get, verse 19, says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. That's so beautiful. To Himself. When I see that, I just see the picture of God reaching out to the world. Extending His hands. Inviting us to take His hands. And when, his, when we take His hands, He draws you to Himself. Amen. God saved us so that we can be one with Him. <coughs> what does that mean for you? What does it mean for you to be one with God? Do you value that? Amen. God is a good Father. Amen. 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 And He wants to draw you close to His chest. Like a father hugs his children. That is what I see when I read that verse. Even our purpose reveals God's love. We are called to bring people back to God. Why? Because God loves people. He cares about people. He is interested in people. And He wants relationship with people. John 3 verse 16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave everything. He gave His one and only Son. He gave Himself. Because God is one. Eh? God gave Himself. So that everyone who believes in Him, He's not expecting anything. He's not expecting anything from you. Do you know how many religions want you to do things for you. Nothing is free in this world. Nothing is free. 
but God, God loved us so much that He says, you only need to believe. It is by faith. Everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. The most valuable thing, the most sought after thing in this universe that every single person needs, eternal life. It's not to be found anywhere else. You can't find it on sale at, at Checkers. You can't, there's nowhere else to find it. Only God can give it. And He decides to give it freely. Freely. You only need to believe. That's amazing. That just shows you the goodness of God. Huh? Wow. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. God loves and cares so much for you that He gave you something that no money can buy, no actions can earn. Eternal life is something that only God can give you. Eternal life isn't available anywhere else in this universe. In Islam, there's five pillars that you need to keep. You to pray a certain number of times a day. You need to go to Mecca. To Mecca. You have to fast. There's a lot of things that they need to do. Keep every day. Eh? And then... I've heard that the, it says in the Quran that even then, after doing all of that, there's no guarantee. They're still unsure if they say, Jesus says, just believe in me. <laughs> just believe and receive what I did for you. Jesus did everything. He became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. Amen. So that we can become holy. And it's just by faith in Him. God is not a destroyer and a taker of life. I think I skipped a verse now. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think no he is being patient for your sake he does not want anyone to be destroyed wow god doesn't want anyone to be destroyed but he wants everyone to repent everyone to come to him everyone to know how good he is that's so clear huh God is not a destroyer. He is not a taker of life. He does not want people to perish and He does not want anyone to be destroyed. He gives us eternal life so that He can enjoy us for eternity and we can enjoy Him for eternity. There is great benefit for us as well. Amen. We get to be one with the most wonderful being, the God of the universe. Praise Jesus. <laughs> That is our eternal purpose, to have relationship with God, to be one with Him, to share in His life forever. What we have been talking about today is our purpose here on earth. While we are here on earth, our purpose is to represent God and to represent Him correctly. Amen? 
The last thing I want to say about purpose is that it cannot be carried out effectively outside of community. That is why I said that walking in your purpose is even a cure for loneliness. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12. <clears throat> One Corinthians twelve verse twelve says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized. That means put in. No? Baptized doesn't always have to do with water. No? Yeah. Is we have been placed into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Amen. Romans 12 verse 4 says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Sure. You are born into a new family. You get new family when you believe in Jesus. Yes. That's beautiful. And your life will be lacking if you choose not to be a part of that family. If you choose not to be a part of a church. No? I challenge you to test this. Find your purpose in life by seeing yourself as a representative of Jesus alongside other believers and see how boredom, frustration, emptiness, depression, loneliness and whatever else disappears. Matthew 6 verse 30. Almost finished guys. I'm saying I've also still got a lot of time left. It's not even a quarter two yet. Been doing good. Matthew 6 verse 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Verse 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Are you an unbeliever? No, so then you don't have to worry about these things. Huh? But your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, Father, say Father. Father. Papa. Yeah, I see your Papa. Your Daddy, yes, Amen. Your Daddy already knows all your needs. Amen. <laughs> Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. We can go for our mission in this life all out. We can go all out because we know that God is looking out for us. Amen. Our dad is looking out for us. We value the things that have eternal value. We value what God values. 
and that is people. Amen? Amen. Because people are eternal. Your Heavenly Father knows all your needs, so don't worry about it. As long as you live, you can fulfill God's purposes for your life, and your Father will take care of you. Amen? Amen. Verse, uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God made sure that we have no worries. As we do what He called us to do. Amen? Amen? God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The One who called us to Himself. By means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature. You share in the divine nature of God. Wow. And escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.